G'day listeners, Phil C here and as promised from last week, our very special guest on the phone lines this afternoon from in excess fame, Mr Andrew Farris. How are you Andrew? Yeah, I'm good, thank you, Mr. Phil C. How are you? <laughs> oh, mate, I'm having a ball. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I hope we don't have phone issues. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. And um, what we're specifically going to be talking about is your brand new self-titled solo album, Andrew Farris. And you're going to take us through track by track. And this is brilliant. Thank you so much. Um, you're welcome. You, uh, this, this album just came out recently in the last couple of weeks. How's it sort of going for you before we start on the tracks? bit early to tell. Oh, well, I've, I've had a really good reaction to it, both in Australia and overseas, and I, I'm sort of a little bit overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never put out an album before, um, so yeah, it's sort of, uh, we're off to a good start, let's just say that. And I think it's sitting at number three or two on the Australian National Country Charts, and yes. so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh-huh. Um, and it just had a lot of, uh, you know, really good reception so far, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited, you know. Well, mate, I got to tell you, um, you, you released a couple of singles from it, um, and they they obviously went really, really well for you. I've been playing the album since they asked me to talk to you, and it's absolutely brilliant. I love it. Uh, in particular, the ones you released, uh, uh, which was "Good Mama Bad," uh, no, "Run Baby Run." Um, that was the first one, and "Good Mama Bad." Great, great songs, my friend. So obviously, a great album um, for the listeners. To definitely check out. Tell us about the first the first song on it, Hummingbird, uh, Bounty Hunter, Hummingbird. What is that all about? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, want, I just want to set the tone for your listeners so they kind of understand how I ended up making my album. Uh, you know, a, a lot of today's uh, music and 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 uh, the way it gets, you know, onto radio or on digital platforms and etc. It's usually it's become a little bit like the 1950s again, where you know you have single after single after single after single, mm-hmm. and the idea of an album or especially a vinyl album is almost a quaint old school idea. Right. But when I've I've always been a songwriter, and you know my whole life uh, since I was a teenager, I've written songs, and I always will write songs as long as I'm able to. Yes. Um, and over the years, I collected a lot of uh, demos, the, the songs I was happy with. But the quality of the recordings, you know, I wasn't sure about. In fact, some of them were not very good at all. Uh-huh. And I started thinking more about it. And I, I thought, why don't I re-record a lot of these songs, older songs and much newer songs that I've been working on? Well, that journey, both for me, I live in northwest New South Wales on a farm I've owned for quite a few years. And so I've got a studio here and I, I started re-recording here and also over in Nashville in Tennessee. Because my wife's family's from an, another uh, town, sort of relatively close to Nashville, mm-hmm. and then we took—I uh, was working re-recording uh, some of my songs uh, in Nashville, and my wife, Marlena, and I decided to take a horse riding trip down to the Mexican border, where Arizona meets New Mexico and Mexico. Yeah, and I was really blown away with the culture and the gritty sort of wilderness area of that area. Uh, a bit like sort of some, in some ways, a bit like Australia in the, in that sort of remote sense. And I, I'd never known that a place like that, you know, was, I didn't realize, I, I, I thought like kind of the old West thing was a Hollywood film, you know, in yes. a sense. You know, we've gotten used to the idea that, that that sort of thing is all in films and things. But it's, you know, the wilderness area is very real down there. And the history with the Apache Indians, with the U.S. Cavalry, 
with, of course, the Mexican people across the border. Then you had the Mexican army in the old days, in the 19th century. Then up the road, you had Tombstone with the cowboys and the mm-hmm. outlaws. Yes. And then you had, uh, you know, the settlers in this. And where we rode, we rode horses for six hours a day, six days straight with another cowboy, um, sort of old cowboy fella who sadly has passed away now. His name is Craig Lawson. And Craig and his wife, Pam, and myself and my wife, Marley, well, we went riding all over this sort of national monument area, this wilderness area. And I was blown away with it. Um, I just thought it, it suddenly, you know, I'd never thought about <clears throat> sort of making an album in that sense. So, you know, um, what what I think a lot of people do when they make an album, which is completely understandable, they pick the best 10 songs, let's say 10 or 12 songs they've got, and then they put them on an album. But right. I thought, when I got back to Nashville, I thought, I think I know what to do now, uh, creatively. This is what I want to do. I want to pick this period of history, whether it's talking about Australian history or American history or whatever, mm-hmm. of pre-electricity, if you like, um, and you know, a bit of Australiana, a bit of Americana. And I thought, I'd like to focus on that and make everything relate to that period, like the, the songs, the lyrics between the songs. Uh, everything to do with the stylizing of the, of the, of, you know, clothing, the atmosphere, the artwork, uh, everything, videos. And then I thought, you know, I wonder if I can do this. And that's when I, I realized how I wanted to make my album in that old school sense was sort of, was combine all this into an idea, not just, not just songs, but yep. an idea. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, the, the Apache Pass, which is the seventh song on the album, that's that's really where the direction came from when you were out there riding riding the horses for six exactly. hours a day, you said, six days a week. Gee, that would have been – although you're on the land, so that would have been okay. It wouldn't have been, like, too hard on the saddle. I guess you're accustomed <laughs> to that being on the land. Yeah, well, that's right. I live on the land, and, I, I, look, I, I'm not the greatest rider. I'm not the worst either, And but I know what it feels like when you come off a horse. But um, I was going to say that um, – I'll answer the question now. I've given you that bit of sort of, yep. um, sort of pre preempting, if you like. Yes. I'll go track by track. Yes. Now, if that fits in, if you see what I'm saying next, I with do. the concept that I've got for my yeah, album. So I do. So that bounty hunter hummingbird, mm-hmm. bounty hunter is like, it's kind of a mythical um, entity that's chasing after someone because they're they're running. They're an outlaw or yep. they're. Yes, you know it's that idea, and it's really an instrumental piece of music. It's kind of almost a sad. It's how the album opens, quite sad actually. Yes, yes. And then you get the idea. You might be out in the wilderness. You can hear hawks whistling and stuff as they fly around the mountains. And then with hummingbird, a hummingbird's the, the smallest bird known to man, mm-hmm. and yet a hummingbird can go up in the air and it can it can observe. It doesn't judge. It just observes everything. Right. And that's why I like the idea that in my for a song, is that the idea is that the, the hummingbird's not judging; it's just it's just observing life, you know. Yes. Um, and it and that that's what that sort of bounce out to hummingbirds about freedom, and it's about being able to observe things and not necessarily judge them. So that's what that's all about. Uh-huh. And then uh, the next song, "Come Midnight," um, was this was the song yeah, that followed right, that. Midnight yes, was actually the first. Uh, single that I released from my album, but that was exactly the same time that COVID kicked in around the world. And people were far more worried about their health and their safety and their, their friends and families 
and their job than they were about Andrew Farris's album. You know? <laughs> yes. Understandably, you know, I was too. I wasn't worried about those things, health, family, you know, mm-hmm. um, and jobs, whatever, for my family. And, you know, that was a, a priority, you know, for people and, and still is. But I think that Come Midnight uh, was actually the oldest song that I had amongst the collection of, of songs on this album. So when did you Come write Midnight, that? Actually, I wrote that song during uh, the height of the In Excess albums. Like, uh, wow. So that's like going Kick back. And yes. I wrote that song in between all that. Okay. And, um, and I had it just sort of sitting there. And, and my wife, Marlena, put Come Midnight on her phone as a wake-up call. And literally it woke me up to realize that she likes the song. Right, know? right. And it was a demo at that point. And then I retracted it in Nashville. And that's what you can hear on the album. It's really a song about new beginnings. It's about, you know, it's not a sort of party song at midnight that, you know, fireworks will go off and all that business. Mm-hmm. It's simply a song saying that, you know, you, you, you care about somebody and that something positive is coming around the corner at midnight where everything's fine, you know. Um, and that uh, it's, a, it's a positive song. It's new beginnings, that kind of thing. Yes. Um, yeah, that's what the song's about. And, um, but I was going to say that um, and appreciating what you already have. But I was also going to say that the next song uh, on my album, uh, self-titled album, is uh, With the Kelly Gang. With the Kelly Gang, yeah. Now, we've come from, like, you're in America, Apache, Apache Pass, and now in Australia. So you're covering, I guess, your homeland and what inspired the album. Yeah, it's a bit hard to ride a horse uh-huh. from Australia across to America yes. and back again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to say that um, that's right, is that, as I was explaining earlier to you, is that a lot of the inspiration for my album came when I realized that the sort of 19th century, not so much the 20th century, but the 19th century was a very interesting time. Right. And it was, a, it was where you had the clashes of cultures and you had literally physical boundaries and frontiers because, because the, you know, uh, uh, we didn't have this sort of technology we have now, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so back then, they were still trying to work it all out. They were still trying to map things and work things out. And culturally, you had the extraordinary experiences where you had both in Australia and other parts of the world, you had European cultures clashing you know, with indigenous cultures, whatever was going on, but it was all going on. And during those periods of time, I thought it would be really fascinating to, to write, you know, write a lot of my album, taking these ideas you know, into my album, that some things are different in the era we live in, but some things never change, even right. though it was a different era. And we like to think of ourselves as modern, you know, like you and I are talking to each other on the 29th of March, you know, we're talking through technology. You are, I don't know exactly where you are. You're out west in New South Wales. I'm in northwest New South Wales. But we're able to talk to each other through technology. Well, technology was different 100 years ago and will be different in 100 years' time. Yes, but with yeah, but the point is that that's where I felt I got excited about the idea of how I could write for this album because I thought, well, why don't I just write about things that sort of either of you know historically you know mapped out already or are relative in a weird way today, and with with the Kelly gone sorry with the Kelly gang relates to very much the outlaw kind of spirit of my album or, or sense of freedom. That you know, more and more is receding in that sense. Not that it's great to be an outlaw, but I meant more the idea of of, of physical.
physical, you know, frontiers and, and exploring and all that kind of thing. You know, they're sort of most of our frontiers now are technological. So, but with the with the Kelly Gang, I thought it was really interesting how that period of Australian history was quite similar in many ways to to U.S. and Canadian say history. You know, yes. And I, I just thought that 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 song with the Kelly Gang would suit my album, and also because the story of of the Kelly Gang is fascinating. Um, I didn't quite realise how deep it all got, really. Uh, at first, you just think it's a bloke with a steel helmet on being <laughs> shot at by the police. Yes, know? yes. And it's a lot more to it than that. And and I, I've read books about both sides of with the you know of of, of the Kelly story, yes. um, including you know the the, the, the constable side of it, the law side of it, mm-hmm. and I've read the the outlaw side of it. What I didn't know until the other day was that actually. I think it was Michael Scanlon, was it one of the policemen, I think that's his name, who, who, who you know, went up against the gang. Right. I didn't know until the other day he was actually Ned Kelly's cousin. Okay. No, I wasn't sure either. I must confess. He, so he right. was. He was his cousin. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, apparently, yeah. And so what I'm getting at is I reckon the story is a lot more complicated than the first think it is. Yes. You know, and was that a dispute about law? Was it a dispute about family? Yes, you know? yes. Who knows what was really going on? Uh-huh. And I think, and I think that part of it to me, you know, the same with the the Americana part of my album. I find I find all that period of history just really interesting. Right. So with the Kelly Gang, that's what that was all about. Uh-huh. Um, I also co-wrote with the Kelly Gang uh, with uh, two uh, Australians who now live in um, in Nashville. Uh, Mark and Jay O'Shea is their right. name. Okay. Uh, names. Yes. And uh, they're good friends of mine and great songwriters. Did, and, you, uh, did you get any help from that. your brothers, like you've on this album? Any Sorry. ideas? Did you get any uh, sort of help or ideas from your brothers on this album, or or did they play? Oh, my, my, our dad always had a saying, which is, "No one gets through life without help from other people." Uh huh. Um, and I'm grateful for the help that other people give me. But in this particular situation, no, I did. I, did, I sort of I worked outside of all of the people who I normally would have worked with right. in excess, not because I don't like them or no. don't get on with them. No, no. I simply, I simply wanted to explore new boundaries as a songwriter and as a musician. I, uh, you know, creatively, I, I wanted to sort of, you know, also it was important to me to have creative control of what I wanted to do because I, I think if, it, you know, like committees, you run anything with a committee and, and sometimes an idea can go south. You know, yes, yes. Because the original idea gets lost. Of course. Whereas I didn't want to do that with mm-hmm. my album. I very much wanted to to stay focused on what my original concept was for my record. Okay. So what about the next one? Where do you sleep? Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, um, so Where Do You Sleep Tonight? I co-wrote that with Susie DiMarchi. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of Susie's. Um, I think she's an awesome songwriter, amazing performer and singer too. And her band, the Baby Animals, great band. Yes. But I was going to say, we Susie and I wrote about ten or twelve songs or something. I don't even know how many anymore. Um, some time ago now, and this was one of the songs that we wrote together. And I've always been a fan of the song. I like the I like the lyric. It has a certain ambiguity, and again, it could it could relate very easily to the nineteenth century because people didn't have smartphones back no. then. No. So they didn't know where they were, they'd mm-hmm. have to write letters or get on a horse and go find them, you know? <laughs> yes. Um, literally, physically, you know? Yes, of course. Um, they, you know? And you, you weren't worrying about your smartphone dropping out, out western New South Wales. You didn't have one. No, that's know? true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and, and where do you sleep tonight? It's really, it could be, it could be, for example, 
interpreted as a song about, uh, you know, a soldier, you know. Um, you don't know where the person is or you're worried about them or you're concerned and, you know, um, or it could be, you know, a, a relationship, you know, a situation where you, you, you know, you, You've been in love with someone, and then you, you you switch back and you change your mind back and forward between, you know, do I regret that relationship or do I, um, you know, and it's very much a country music kind of lyric in that sense, right? Um, and that's why I liked it because I thought it really suited it suited the kind of flow or the lyrics on my album. Yes, and, and I, I just like the song, you know. It, look, I like I've been playing the album since. Um since Eva got in touch with me and asked me to um, get in touch with you, I think it's great. Absolutely love it. Run, baby, run. I've actually got all your stuff now. I've got I've got your EP, which is again, I thought was brilliant <laughs> stuff. <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm I'm actually hooked on Andrew Farris. I mean, you know, I was I liked some of the NXS stuff. I was never a huge fan, but I'm a bit older than you, I guess, and my music sort of goes back a bit before the eighties. But um, this doesn't sound anything like an excess, of course. It's, it's country, very heavily country-based, and your stories talking about outlaws and cowboys and, uh, you know, and the Wild West and bandits and gunslingers and stuff like that. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's, I've had a really – thank you so much for saying that. I've yeah. had a fantastic reaction to my album, yeah. both in Australia and overseas. I go – we had some really good reviews, and I've just obviously pushed the right button with people because what I've done, I think, that was worked really well is that people can understand the whole album. It's not just like there's one song that go, okay, that's a pretty good song. Yes, you know, I think people begin to realise that the whole thing all flows in and out of each other. It lyrically. does. It really kind of tells a story from start to finish. I mean, yeah, and, and that was that was well. I really, I'm really glad that that, that was what I set out to do, and I. You know, I I'm just really appreciate that people, you know, some people said when they first heard my album, they, because I hadn't been able to release it because of COVID, and I put out a couple of songs, and they said, well, I, you know, we didn't really get what you were doing, mm. you know. It disjointed. The, yeah, when they've heard the album as its whole In thing, its entirety, yeah. Yeah, they get it. Yes. You know, so, but it, that's that's great, but I think. I think Where Do You Sleep Tonight, you know, I'm really, really happy with that song. And, you know, uh, um, the recording of it, again, was done in Nashville. And the, the, the musicians who, who I worked with are incredibly talented people, mm. um, just like they're obviously talented people here in Australia. But, you know, there's something about Nashville that's like a mecca, if you like, um, you know, for like-minded people who are creative and they want to perform music and and they, they don't leave town again. They go there and they stay there. Yes, you know? yes. Um, and I think that is very exciting if, you, if, you, if you're a musician or a songwriter. It's just, it's just amazing. Mm. But the next song, Run Baby Run. Yes. Run Baby Run, okay, I co-wrote that one with Phil Barton and Bruce Wallace. I've worked with both those guys before. Yes. Uh, songwriting. And, but this time, I, you know, when I walked in the room with them, I said, look, guys, this is, this is what I want to make the song about. I want to... I want I want a song again. It could be an outlaw. It could be it could be just a song about freedom. I know, and it's not a cliche when I say that. I mean that. Yes, we're living in an era where more and more and more, you know, you know, anyone, you know, any 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 complete stranger can track your movements. All these people can do things, and that sense of frontier or or being free is becoming, I think, more important to people now with yep. with technology. Yes, is that you know. 
we're not we we weren't born into the world to behave ourselves with technology. No, you know? no. I don't know whose idea that was, mm. um, but certainly, you know, or, or you know, all I know is you you, <laughs> you don't arrive in the world holding a smartphone. No, you know? no, you don't. Yeah. But people, right. but people, sadly, have come to live their entire lives around a smartphone, don't they? It's almost, it's almost an addiction. They can't go anywhere without it. Your people are walking across the road with it and yeah. messaging and checking emails. And you know, I mean, we need technology. I mean, without technology, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'm sitting in a motor car in the middle of nowhere, really, alongside a river. Um, but unfortunately, it it does have a tendency if you're not careful to take over your entire life and with with the, I guess, the hidden stuff behind the technology, let's talk about a smartphone for a moment, they can tell where you are on every minute of every day. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a real invasion. I'll, I'll, I'll say this because uh, I've got a sense of humour about it yeah. you know, as well. Yes. Is that you can't eat a smartphone. No, you can't. <laughs> right. Like in other words, <laughs> like in other words, you would have thought with all the advancements that we've had in the world, People still don't seem to understand that food and water yes. is far more important than technology. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons I own a farm is because I believe in that. Food is life. Of know? course. Of course it is. You know, um, it is. You know, and you don't sit down and have some vegetables and and a sauce and, and, a, and a nice glass of orange juice and eat a smartphone. <laughs> not the way it works. No, but how, how many people have got that smartphone sitting there for dessert because they, they can't <laughs> – Wait to chomp the meal down so they yeah can... they just put a bit of smarter sauce on it that's <laughs> right but look so that run baby run is basically a song about it's about kind of the, the idea that you, you should be able to run baby run you shouldn't like I said to to Phil and Bruce look I really want to have a song that's about like those, that uses these phrases run baby run and movers and shakers and they yes. really like the movers and shakers absolutely bit. that was a bit that got because me. because you know that's one of the things that kicks in in your life when you realize, you know, outside of, you know, if you're, if you're fortunate enough to have good, good, good parents and good family and good friends, mm-hmm. they can help you. But at, at the end of the day, you got to move and shake it, baby. Absolutely. you got to do it on yourself. Uh-huh. You know, you got to get out there and do it. Of course. You know? Of course. And, 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 and if you can run, baby, run, then that's great because, you know, you want to stay young as long as you can. And most people do. And, you know, and, and that, idea of freedom is what the song's all about. It's just feeling emancipated. Fantastic. We're running out of time, you know. We've got about seven minutes to go and we've got about... Right, I'll, try, I'll try to make next bit brief, okay? <laughs> we got to get... We got, yeah, only because I'd like to get through them and I did have a hiccup. Oh, with mate, you. I'll do it. Now, the next song is My, My Cajun, Cajun Girl. Girl. Yep. Okay. Now, I wrote that song because I'm a big fan of New Orleans, right? Yes, yes. And in the old days too, <clears throat> well, including these days, but in the old days it was definitely... An exciting place, as it was a fusion of 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 not only country music, but you had, you know, um, folk music, blues, uh, you know, Zydeco. You had all these different influences, jazz, you know, running through New Orleans. And I think, you know, Louisiana, New Orleans, just a really exotic place to me, and the history of it musically. Well, it's a fun town too, and even though they've had a lot of tragedies there with the hurricanes and all that sort of thing. It still has an, an incredible kind of history to it, and I, I wanted to write a song that you know was about New Orleans, basically, mm-hmm. and 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 that Cajun kind of uh, uh, food, Cajun food, and and that exotic sort of uh, culture of that area just fascinates me and my wife too. We we like going there; it's a good town. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And um, yeah, but the next song, you're right, was Apache Pass. That yes. was where it all started for me. Yes. Where yes. I that was the first song that I purpose wrote for the album. Right. Um, oh, and by the way, my Cajun Girl was the last song that I purpose wrote. Okay. Okay. Yes. I actually wrote that in the hotel and went back the next morning and then recorded it within within uh, 24 hours. I'd written it wow. and we recorded it. Wow. And that what you're hearing on the album yes. was the first take. There was only one take. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not making that up. Really? That, it was okay. played. There's no programming. It wow. was played. Fantastic. Okay? Yep. So, yep. yeah, you can tell people that. And then um, after um, my Cajun Girl, Apache Pass, yeah, that was the first song I wrote because literally we rode our horses through Apache Pass yes. in that wilderness area. Yes. And it's very gritty, you know, a very gritty culture background. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sad in many ways, Apache Pass. Uh, yeah. There's still bullets lying around on the ground. Um, mm-hmm. There's still, wow. you know, you can you can sense, and it's a wilderness area. There's nothing around you. There's no there's not people running around everywhere. And down on the ground, you know, you can see there's old pioneer cemeteries like Geronimo's grandson is buried in there, and all this sort of stuff. Right. And it's very it's all real. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not a, it's not a Disney no. experience. No. It's like it's all very gritty and real. Um, and the next song. With Starlight, well, I, I dedicate Starlight to my wife Marlena's uh, stage four metastatic breast cancer experience, and she's a survivor, and she's gutsy with it, and and I love her, you know, so much. I just wanted to write write a song that's purpose written, you know, for her about her really, mm-hmm. and a place we like to go to on the farm where we just sit together and we'll look at nature or whatever, and we we enjoy our moments there together. That's what that song's about, Starlight. Mm-hmm. Um, Son of the a Gun? Next song, sorry? Son of a Gun, the next one? Yeah, Son of a Gun was the second last song that I wrote, Purpose wrote, yes. for the album. And again, it's a song about an outlaw. It's about a song about a young fella. Um, you know, he could have been like the a character from Unforgiven in a Clint Eastwood film where he, he wants to be a hot shot and go around and, you know, have gunfights with, with people on a horse or whatever in the old days. And yes. he discovers as he goes along that, it doesn't not going to have a good ending for him. No, no, no. And in the end, they track him down, the bounty hunter and the sheriff, and they track him down, and it doesn't end well for him at all. No, big shootout. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And uh, so that's what that song's all about. And then um, we got uh, good mama bad, good mama yeah, sorry, bad. Is the next yeah. one, yep, yep. <laughs> good mama bad is like everyone needs a good mother. Yes, you know. Yes. Like, as I said before, you know, my dad used to say, "No one gets your help." Uh, sorry. No one gets through life without help from other people. Yes. And that's still true today. Like, you know, you, you need help from other people. And the first person that brings you into the world is your mother. Absolutely. You know, um, and so I, I, I give that lyrically and say, you know, thank God for women. Um, you know, we'd be absolutely, we wouldn't be here without them, you know. Yep. And that nurturing and that care. And, and, and I, 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 you know, I, I remember when I first released that song and I, I was talking to a journalist or somebody and they were actually quite upset because I think they'd had a really difficult childhood. And, and I, I, I sort of, then I realized, you know, I didn't mean to be glib about it. But then again, some of the songs on my album, they're not really typical pop songs, I don't think. No. And I, I deliberately did that too. Yes. I didn't want to just, you know, go down kind of the, the, the same road of, of, of wanting to, you know, I, I, I don't mind anymore if, if, if my songs don't sound the same as anybody else or that 
or even the genre of music's not the same as it. That doesn't bother me anymore. I don't no, care. No. I'm actually just I'm enjoying myself. Yes. You know? Well, I understood. Selfish, and, you know. I understood you wrote the, uh, the well. You wrote all these songs really to play to your friends. You didn't really have an intention of making an album. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, that's how. Like I said, when we first started talking, I was re-recording demos that mm-hmm. I made. Yes. And then I was singing them because I was the closest singer. You yes. Know? Yes. And I thought I'll get someone later on that really knows what they're doing to mm-hmm. sing them. Yeah. <laughs> but, and um. You know, and then one of the recording engineers I was working with in Nashville said, well, what's wrong with your voice? We like your voice. I'm like, really? He goes, yeah, it keeps me in that. So that's how I ended up kind of going, okay, well, maybe I can do this. But yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really know what I was doing until I took that horse riding trip down to Mexico. And then I realized what kind of um, album I could really make if yes. I thought about it carefully. I could purpose write everything to, or pick older songs that I had that would suit this thing. Yeah. And that's what I've done. Yep. So after Good Mum and Bad, there's Drifting. There's well, Drifting, yep. Drifting is really um, all about exactly the same kind of concept of why can't you drift around? Like you're drifting around right now as I'm talking to absolutely, you, Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. There you go. Yes. Well, that's, that's what song's about yeah. is what, where did this business start of you can't do that anymore? Yeah, right? yeah, you, know, like yeah. you should be able to feel like you did in the 19th century at times, you know. I, look, I just feel like going over on that mountain over there. Don't ask me why. Is it really important? I'm going to go over there, you know. Yep. Um, and that kind of thing, you know, that, that real sense of freedom. Not, not, not a cliche, not, a, not, not an advertisement on television. It's, it's real. That You feel like going, well, I just simply want to go exploring. I want to, you know, I want to, I want to, I want to try something different or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're not trying to hurt anybody. You're not trying to. You're not trying to affect anyone, or you're not trying to prove something. Maybe to yourself, but you know, you know, you could be just drifting around. Yep. Um, the last song is "You Are My Rock." Correct. Uh, I wrote that uh, with my good friend Kieran Gribben, who's from Northern Ireland originally, uh, Gribbo, and um, I love that song. And I, it just says thank you to the people in your life who. Who help you do things, you know, get help you get through life, you know. That's what the song's all about. It's just saying thank you. And that's why and that's why I put it on the end of the album because I'm simply going thank you. Right. Everybody. So if you were gonna get anybody to sing that song other than yourself, you're my rock. Is there somebody that would immediately come to mind? Sure. Probably Kieran. You know, uh, Kieran Gribben, who I wrote it with. Yeah. Well, okay. He's a better he's a better singer than me. I just happened to track it. Okay. You know? So yeah. but um no, look you know, seriously, I, I don't know. I mean I you know, there's lots of singers who, you know, including Kieran, who I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, but yeah, no, there's lots of singers. And um, I think it could be actually probably be quite a dynamic song for um, female vocals too, come to think about it. Okay. Yeah. Look, I think it's a brilliant album, mate. I'd love to chat with you. We had a few we'll chat to you longer because we've kind of had to rush through it. I know you're an extremely busy guy. And you did say you had another call that you had to sort of get to around about I 20, do. yeah, twenty past eleven, and it's twenty one past now. So, but we managed to squeeze it all in, my friend. You you were persistent. You got back to me when my phone dropped out. Man, I appreciate your all your efforts, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play this next week on my program. I'm gonna play the entire album. Take out those bloopers, of course, and um, mate, I hope this album goes gangbusting for you. I'm sure it will. Seriously, I've listened to it about three times, and first time I listened to it, I didn't quite get it. Uh, my partner Lynn, she said I love it, and I thought, well, if she loves it, she's got great taste. She, I, I must have missed something, so I listened to it again. But I really listened to it the second time. You know what I mean? 
And I then do, by and the, the smart, the, the best thing of all, the smartest thing you're doing is listening to your wife. Just say yes. Yeah, that's well, that's it. You. See, happy <laughs> wife, happy life. And I figure, look, she chose me, so she's got fantastic taste. <laughs> yeah, there you go, mate. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll get you to repeat a little phrase for me, okay? Yeah, yeah, sure, man. Keep your eyes fixed. Keep your eyes fixed. Where the trail meets the sky. Where the trail meets the sky. Keep your eyes fixed. Where the trail meets the sky. Mate, I'm going to quote that next week when we play this program. Thank you so much for taking the time. Andrew Farris talking about his brand new debut solo album, self-titled Andrew Farris. Thanks for the time, buddy. And stick around, listeners, because we're going to play this entire album track to track.